We are back at it twice in the same week. You can tell football season's getting closer. I'd like to apologize for not churning out more of these, but Kyle's off the PGA Tour for now. I'm back <laughs> at it. I'm ready for football season. And, and Kyle, since we last talked this week, Oklahoma State hung a banner. They, they won the 1945 National Championship. Did you did you throw a party at the Porter Mansion? <laughs> I did uh, because it provided us with some uh, divisive content on the internet, which, uh, as we all know, uh, plays very well and is good for business. But um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, I I don't, I don't care either way. Like, I, I, the whole thing. Like, this got started. I think about this time last year when this group awarded Oklahoma State a national championship. Like. Okay, what does that do for me? It's 73 years later or, or whatever it is. And it's fine. Like, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool celebration of that team. But to hang the banner, I just am, I feel ambivalent about it. I don't feel anything. But I, I am pro hanging the banner because of what it does to uh, other fan bases, specifically OU. It just gets people so riled up one way <laughs> or the other. And I think it's. I think it's humorous, and and on the flip side, like I think OU making fun of it is pretty humorous as well. The uh, somebody did a, a great Photoshop of Samaje Piran took a knee, like that's what that's the banner that <laughs> Oklahoma State was hanging. Guess what? I thought that was hilarious. So I, I just um, I don't know. Like people get very serious about this stuff, and I think it is uh, to be taken a, a little bit more lighthearted than people are taking it. It's basically how they pad like uh, the media guide, right? Like yeah. they're just padding positive statistics if they're allowed to. If they're allowed to, and that was the point I, I tried to make last night on Twitter. I kind of incited the OU fans when I said, "Is this any different than OU claiming the Big Twelve championship in 2012 when they lost to Kansas State at home on yeah. their home field and a technicality for some reason the Big Twelve didn't have head to head." which they immediately changed afterwards because it was ludicrous they were handing out two trophies after they trumpeted the one true champion thing, which got them in trouble again with, with TCU and Baylor. And what does OU do? They claim 10 Big 12 titles. They don't claim nine and a half. They don't claim co. They just say, hey, look, we won 10 of these, and it's on the resume, and it's on the wall, and it's on the media guide, and it's we cite that with Bob Stoop. So To me, it's the same thing. My point I was trying to make was if a school is awarded something per the rules – they're going to claim it, and they're going to trumpet it up, and they're going to put it on the walls and all that stuff. It's, it's no different for me than OU, OSU, whoever. If, if the, the rules stated, I guess, after they've gone back in, in retrospect and said OSU was a national champion. So, of course, OSU is going to take the trophy. Every school would, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think the difference is that with the Oklahoma State thing, it's like I don't. I still am not totally sure who awarded them the national championship because at, at the time and, and even – up until I guess the the nineties when the BCS was created, you had all these different organizations that people haven't heard of handing out national titles. And you're like, okay, well it, it's kind of like the, um, the watch lists that come out like in, in August. <laughs> you're like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what all these are and it's a lot to keep up with. So I guess that's the difference. Carson, I think the, the group of people that you really incited was, uh, was the Texas A&M fans. Kind of, kind of went after them. Oh yeah, I mean, A and M's A and M Texas A and M is notorious for claiming like fourteen national championships that are just absurd from like the thirties that 
they weren't even like I don't think awarded by anybody, let alone just this AFCA that awarded OSU theirs. Uh, I need to look that up actually. Just how many titles A and M actually well, claims? And, and somebody somebody said that they claim the um, what year was it? Like 2010 or nine or something? Big Twelve title. Even, what? Even though I think they like tied for the South Division title. Is I, that like? Is that like when OSU made Big Twelve South championship rings when they tied and didn't go to the? Yeah. Didn't go to the. See, everyone does silly stuff. I like know that. it's not great. It's, uh, claim the A <laughs> M claims the nineteen nineteen national championship. Wasn't, the there 19, a, wasn't that a war? Wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> wasn't that like World War One? Did they even play football? <laughs> Probably prior to World War One, 1919, 1927, 1939. And then they have an unclaimed one in 1917. Like, no. what, what, what is that? What does unclaimed one mean? What, what does that mean? I don't know. It says unclaimed national title in 1917. <laughs> Why don't they claim it? I maybe even maybe there was a, a cutoff date. Nineteen nineteen is as far back as they can claim because they claimed one in nineteen nineteen, but they're not claiming the one in nineteen seventeen. Oh my like gosh! A and M has an all time losing record in bowl games. By the way, A&M I'm, I'm hang, learning all about them. A and M probably hangs banners for like top ten recruiting classes. <laughs> probably. Did you see the tweet that OSU tweeted out with the picture of the trophy and everything? The, the responses to it. Uh, the picture of the trophy or the banner. Of the uh, the banner, um, I saw some. The, the OU photoshops were the best. Like kudos to OU fans for for jumping on that. We would do the same thing. I, I think it's you know we get so like inside the eye of the storm here. It's like if you step outside of it, it's just good for college football. Like it's just fun, you know. Like I, I think there's not a ton to talk about right now until the game starts. So I, I just I, I think all of it's pretty good. I need to find there's a there's a really good response to by an OSU fan. Um, I can't seem to find it right now, but they were uh, going back and forth on the comments of the uh, the tweet where they showed the banner. And yeah, that that Photoshop you mentioned where it says Samaje took a knee was like one of the more well done ones I've ever seen. It looked real. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, here we go. <laughs> what? Here's a comment from uh, Nathan Westbrook. He said. Why don't we just put slaughtered OU once in 2011 on the on the stadium <laughs> and call it good? I did see an OU fan that said uh, 86-time Bedlam runner-up that that they should <laughs> hang up there. I thought, I thought that was pretty good too. And the, the guy the guy responded to Nathan and said because that wouldn't fit there. That one is going around the top over the suites that says <laughs> slaughtered OU once in 2011. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, there was a great response. I wish I could remember. We talked about it on this podcast. So I'm about to have to go back and look. But whenever this was first announced, there was a great tweet that somebody had about Army in Oklahoma State. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, it was like one of the best tweets like of all time. Oh, um, it, it, it was something about going on the road, like beating somebody on the road. Oh, and- Army beat Germany on the road. <laughs> People forget that. <laughs> I think it was something like there, that. There was no better road win than going on the road and beating Germany. Yeah, Bama never beat Germany on the road or so. I don't know. That's it was, what it was, yeah. It was spectacular. It was so that was, good. <laughs> and yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. Like, this doesn't, like, 
do anything like it doesn't bother me it doesn't like thrill me like to me to me i honestly think it's kind of silly to hang a banner 70 years later no matter what but yeah again again the school is going to do it every school is going to do it right i'm sure a&m has 1919 national champions on their stadium somewhere <laughs> oh I'm, I'm sure probably multiple places um well yeah there's uh, you know i I was telling our guys this the other day. It seems like we've sort of reached the the point in fall camp where it's like everything's the same, right? Like we're just like talking about the backup quarterback and the cornerbacks and just how good the receivers are like every day. Um, is there any? Is there been anything new in the last few days that is that has stood out to you playing wise for Oklahoma State other than than the hanging of the banner? Well, James <clears throat> James Washington's not in a body cast. His, oh, we, his hernia. We didn't, we didn't talk about this last time. His hernia is okay, I guess. <laughs> his his hernia he's had since birth, which was like a, a real tweet that was sent to me. <laughs> like someone said he had a co- congenital like hernia disorder that like had, he'd had since birth, and like that was the <laughs> that was their their inside sources. And it's like, well, James played like seven sports growing up and three years of college football and he hasn't had a hernia yet. So I think, I think, I think that's a little ridiculous, but apparently uh, Kyle Boone was at practice yesterday and said he looked, looked fine. So that, that's kind of the biggest news. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't discuss the whole pardon my take bit, did we? Yeah. So I'm laying in a, uh, in a bed in uh, Charlotte and I pull up my phone, getting ready to go to sleep. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Washington did say that he had an old hernia, one he thinks he's had since birth, probably. He he did say that. He literally said that yesterday. How do you have a hernia since birth? I don't I don't know. And I thought he said that. So like, but I wanted to look it up to make sure that it was his words. He said since birth, probably it might flare up and be a pest for about twenty minutes, but it's never really affected him. Well, I apologize to the the tweeter knew what they were talking about then. Okay. Who knew a lifelong hernia? Yeah, that's crazy. Didn't um, bother him when he's winning two A tennis titles, did it? <laughs> or uh, Blitnikovs? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, so I'm laying, I'm laying, in, I'm getting ready to go to sleep in Charlotte. Pull up my phone and just mayhem on Twitter. Just absolute mayhem. Slack is on fire. James Washington is is about to have surgery. He might be in surgery as we speak. And then an hour later, the tweet was deleted. And it's like, well, if you're going to – do you listen to Pardon My Take? I I don't, but it's like the number one podcast on iTunes. It is. It's crazy. It, it's big time. But, like – and this is the thing that, you know, we've run into a little bit and, and places like No Laying Up. It's like, are you – are you an entertainer or are you a news provider? Um, because it's really hard to be both, you know, and, and, and we've tried to walk that line a little bit. I think we're getting better at it uh, as we add more people and, and guys are doing, you know, people are doing different things, but um, I don't know. Like when, when people like Bill Simmons and, and people that you know as great entertainers, great writers that entertain you get into the news breaking business that I don't know. It just, it, it gets a little dicey. I feel like. Well, it was just such a random place to be breaking James Washington, Oklahoma State news that I that I just I stared at it for like five minutes. I was like, "Is this a joke? Is this serious? Like, what are they what are they doing here?" I kind of learned more about it. They they had actually broken several like injury stories in college football, which is bizarre. Very like some Florida State, 
a Florida State uh, backup center like wrecked his moped and broke his foot, and they tweeted it like two days before it came out. So like I, I gave it a lot of credence considering it was such a random. It was almost too random to not be true, right? And then when they deleted it an hour later, I was like, well, I guess they just, I don't know. But someone, um, I think it was Boone Pickens State's Twitter account had direct message them and and posted the screen grabs and they basically were saying like. Even part of my take was like, yeah, we don't know. Like, this source could be screwing with us, but, you know, we'll find out. And then I guess they found out. So. Well, and, and clearly there is. It doesn't sound like they were too far wrong. I mean, exactly. If, That's if what Washington was... admits that, yeah. Like, you can't you can't just, like, pull that out of nowhere. Like, there was some something was the genesis of that, unless it was just, like, this huge prank that was played on him, which is would be very bizarre. So there was something there. Um, it sounds like it's going to be nothing, end up being nothing. Uh, which is which is great news, but you know I, I thought the interesting thing, Carson, is as I was going, as I was reading it and kind of experiencing it live, one of my first reactions was like, well, I guess if you're going to lose somebody at a position, you could be a lot worse, <laughs> you know. And, and, and so I think that that is something kind of interesting to think about going into the season. You got so much depth there that not that it doesn't matter. You don't want to lose James Washington, obviously, but it doesn't matter as much as a Rudolph or even a justice Hill. I don't think. Well, that's how loaded they are at receiver, but I will say Washington's probably their best player. So anytime you lose your best player, it's going to hurt. Now we've talked for weeks now about how many receivers they have. So yeah, if there's one position, I think they would have been fine with the first four uh, games of the year. It'd be receiver, but uh, you don't want to be losing him. And, And the first thought I had Kyle was I thought back to, um, Kendall Hunter that season in 2009 when Gundy said he was going to play next week for like 10 weeks in a row and I, I think that was a groin injury I can't remember if it was a groin or a knee uh, but it, that was my first instinct it's like well he's going to say James Washington's playing next week for like 10 weeks and then he's not going to play all year that was like <laughs> that was like my first instinct I was getting Kendall Hunter flashbacks yeah that that would be about right um, okay we are going to go to our guest this week talk some more football uh Long-time supporter of the pod um, that people love love it when we have him on. Um, so, yeah. It's time for the Coop Works Guest of the Week. Coop Works brewing great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Works, and please remember to drink responsibly Carson do you want to uh, let the listeners know who we're about to call yeah friend of the pod had him on several times we're gonna call uh, Evan Epstein former center at Oklahoma State I uh, believe quarter uh, played with Clint shelf back in the day I've actually hung out with him several times this summer we've kind of he's moved to Oklahoma City he used to live down in the Dallas area so I've quite a bit figured we have him on the pod he's had some had some uh, some fire takes lately on Twitter, so we need to get him on. I'm excited to hear him. Hello. Evan. What's up? It's Kyle and Carson. Hey, guys. How we doing? <laughs> Fantastic. Carson, you out on the golf course? or? I will be in about an hour, yeah. You're not invited. <sighs> I, I know that. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. Don't make me drive my Volkswagen Beetle out there. Um, All right. Okay, Evan. We we <laughs> inside joke. We we want to uh, we want to talk some football with you. Uh, I'm just cu- curious because you know we we've kind of gotten to this 
this place in August where everything is getting a little repetitive. Uh, as a player, does it get like that for you guys at camp, or, or is there stuff you're working on every day? No, I mean, in camp right now, you're in such a bubble that you're not really paying attention to what's going on around you. If you're uh, if you're a starter, you're focusing on how you can not screw up the first game and be the best player you can be. And if you're a two, you you know sometimes you want to try and make moves if you can. Usually, that's for the spring is the depth chart, but you know, everyone just wants to get better and focus on that first game and uh, especially getting out of camp because camp is usually not very fun. Evan, um, I'm sorry, I thought you were still going there. Um, the Sports Illustrated cover, like this is really like unprecedented hype for Oklahoma State. Like do you, you buying in? Do you think it's a little too much? Like what's your take on just all the hypo she's getting? You guys know me well enough to know I'm I'm very cynical when it comes to that stuff. I think it's great for the program. Um, all kinds of hype like that, whether it's real or not, um, is good for us. It's good for the football program. It's good for visibility. It's good for recruiting, and that's what we need. If we ever want to be consistently the best team in the Big 12, we have to consistently get the best players out of you know high school. So any any time we're on the front of any kind of cover – or they talk about how we've got a best position group, whether it's the wide receivers or otherwise, is good for us. Do I think that there's a legitimate hype this year? Yeah, actually, I, I do more than the last few years. I really do. Um, and I think the players have more of that hunter-killer-esque type of mindset. They know they have a good team. They know that there's hype, and they want to live up to it, but they're still focused on you know, being the best team that they can be. I just think that this year, more than a lot of other years in the past, we've got a lot of the right pieces. And it just kind of comes down to whether the, you know, defense wants to stop people. We want to score a bunch of points and uh, the coaches, you know, let them run, so to speak. What, what What is it? What's the secret ingredient? You were, you were on that 2011 team and, and obviously you knew that, you guys were talented and, and just kind of like this team does, but what is it that takes you to the, Hey, we're going to go 12 and one level, or we're going to go 13 and O level uh, throughout the season. Um, and I think, I think I've said this on the last two times I've been on the podcast. It's we knew we were going to um, that visualization started in camp. We knew we had a good team. We knew we were going to win. We knew that there's no one that was going to be able to stop us. You know, there's at that time there was still some hesitation about OU, which I don't think that these guys should have any of that hesitation about OU at this point. They think just about everybody on that team, except for maybe some young guys, has beaten them at least one time. Um, but for us back then, we just we knew we were going to do it. We knew we could. Um, all we had to do is go out there and and see how many points we can score. And they have that power this year offensively. I don't know too much about the defense but it seems like we've been getting better and better players as they slow guys down we'll put points on the board um so they have a chance they have a chance to do it just you know i don't like to make up my mind about hype until after the preseason you know we've got those three games one of them is you know what south alabama okay um you know tulsa and Pitt. after that third game you know, then I'll make up my mind on whether it's real or not. Evan, I'll be in the second game. 
Evan, according to your Twitter account, it sounds like you're already ready for a meltdown. You tweeted, <laughs> uh, can't wait to see everyone's meltdown when Yursich decides the offense is going to run the ball 65% of the time instead. Do you still feel that way? Well, I'm not, I wasn't a prediction that he's going to run the ball 65% of the time, but with all the hype around the wide receivers and how good Mason <laughs> is, if he did hand the ball off every play, everyone would freak out. Yeah. That was m- mainly a social commentary. <laughs> I have no issue with it. I'm just, I'm just clarifying. You're going to melt down if that happens. I know you. You'll oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Like, they need to throw the no, ball I mean, this year. Look, if, if a team wants to have 37 cornerbacks, that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, your sister has been there long enough to know what to do in certain situations. Sometimes you don't have a choice to throw the ball, and then you, they will run. I've been in situations like that. We, my senior year, we played Kansas. I don't think we threw the ball, but four times. I don't, I'm exaggerating, of course, but I just thought it'd be funny. That's just because I'm cynical about height. Uh, We've got great receivers and great, great quarterback, and looks like a pretty solid offensive line. But who knows? It's a great segue. I wanted to talk about the offensive line because uh, you came on. I think it was two years ago, maybe, and just just roasted your fellow uh, fellow. Uh, <laughs> offensive lineman up front, and, and and deservedly so. It wasn't it wasn't anything outside of what everybody else was saying. But you know, ha- have you seen them gel over the last couple of years, or are you still kind of skeptical of what they're going to be able to do? Um, I can't speak to how well they are with each other. Um, there's some guys on that offensive line that I don't know. And this is like the first year I think that that's happened. There's a couple of starters that I don't think I've ever met before. Um, you know, I know Crabtree well, and I know Lundblade. I've known Lundblade for a while. And those are the two guys you want leading your offensive line. That much I can say. Um, their mental game has elevated to a point that even our offensive line was never there. I talked wow. to Lane about this the other day. Um, they're so dialed in with the program they're so on board um to a point that i i you rarely see that stuff um i mean i crabtree came down to the city to hang out with dax and i and have dinner and stuff and he was like yeah adamant about how he had to get back this was a friday night he was adamant how he had to get back to stillwater on a saturday to go work out and uh you know that that's the stuff that you know, winning players think about. I mean, that's sacrifice and that's time consuming. And that tells you even in the off season, he's thinking about getting better. So his mental preparation, his leadership has gone to a whole nother level that, like I said, we were never at our, our offensive line was good because we were all cynical. We hated everybody. And we just try to take <laughs> care of each other. That's a different formula. That's a different formula for success. These guys seem to be doing it the right way. Now, if all five of them are on the same page, I honestly, I, I'm not sure, but with guys like Lundblade and, and Crabtree having as many starts being around for as long as they have been in leadership positions, I would think that we're going to be in good shape offensive line wise, at least for pass protection. Um, we'll see about run blocking. I'll be able to tell within a couple series on Thursday. So you brought up a name from the past, Dax Garman. Uh, what's he, what's he up to these days? Well, he lives out in Oklahoma City, working out here. I see him quite often now. Is he blogging? Which is interesting. Is he blogging? Yeah. <laughs> is he blogging? What? 
I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. I mean, what 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 is, is he blogging, like, Kyle? What, what does he do? I guess is my actual question. Oh, uh, he works for uh, I think a, a biotech firm out here. Oh, okay. He's throwing footballs over mountains, Kyle. Don't ask questions. <laughs> no, I, it was... yeah, they, I, he does. He does. He does work with kids and, and does some football training stuff out here as well. Uh, okay, so y- you've talked a lot about Mike Gundy in the past. I don't think you're as high on him as I am. Um, he talked at Media Day a couple weeks ago about how he's gotten better at just l- letting people do their thing. Did you feel that way about him when you were there in terms of like just hiring good coaches, letting them do their thing, being – not a micromanager being hands off with, with instruction most of the time, or do you feel like that's taken place since uh, you left? No, that, I mean, that happened um, from 2009 to 2010. That's when it switched. My first year at Oklahoma state 2009, when I was ineligible for transferring um, coach Gundy was very involved with especially offensively with play calls and strategy and, and stuff like that. When they hired Dana Holgerson and he came in with this winning offensive formula and, you know, anyone who knows Dana Holgerson knows that he just, he's not going to work that way. So that was really the first year that Gundy was kind of forced to take a hands off and leave the offensive loan and, and let it run. Um, and I think years since then he's been more involved or less involved um but for the three or so years after that you know with monk and Gundy really wasn't allowed to to do that stuff and especially <laughs> with wickline there as well you know if Gundy ever came down and yelled at us on the sideline or anyone yelled at us for that matter wickline wouldn't have it it was this kind of same thing with the offense with with um holberson and Monken. Now, with your sitch, I think the first couple of years, Gundy was very involved again. But now, from what I can tell, it seems like he's backing off and, and he's got yeah. older, experienced players that he can let them do that stuff. And that's exactly what you want to do, in my opinion, as a head coach. You make good hires and let them do their job. You take care of the culture of the team, the mindset of the team, and the tough, overarching you know, strategic decisions in the course of a football game. And that's exactly where you want to be. See, Gundy argued, I don't know if you guys read that, uh, I'm a man, I'm 50 piece. He, on ESPN, he argued that the most important thing to ever happen to Oklahoma State football uh, was the I'm a man, I'm 40, was the rant back in, in 08 or 07, whenever it was. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that maybe the most important thing to ever happen to Oklahoma State football is hiring Dana Holgerson, not just because I would go ahead. I would one hundred percent agree with that. Not not just because it brought Oklahoma State into the like modern era of offenses, but for just what you just said about how it transformed the way that Gundy thought about his organization. Yeah, and it really allowed him to spend more time being a players' coach, which he's really good at. Um, guys like him and they like being around him. They like playing for him. Um, he has a mullet and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and Holgerson forced that change, that, that kind of cultural change amongst the coaching staff 
um, and kind of made him take a hands-off approach. And I think he realized that he was better at that and he liked it. Um, and I would hundred percent agree with you. I think, you know, that I'm a man, I'm 40 kind of made people, if you said Oklahoma state, they'd say, Oh, that's a guy who said he was 40 and a man. Like that's the beginning of like knowing who we are, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. Holgerson was very important for that, that change in Oklahoma state football to start going down the path of being more and more and more powerful and more and more and more have more and more presence on a national stage. Yeah, I think I think Mike said in the past that turning the reins over to Dana was like the most important thing. It made him a better coach. And I think he would ultimately say that was the biggest moment. I think he might have just been playing up the anniversary just because it's it's funny and it's it kind of goes with his personality that he's got right now. But but Evan, the big question, are you proud to have played for a program that won the national championship in nineteen forty five? Um yeah. <laughs> What's your take on that? They just, put, they just hung a banner on the stadium or put a sign up. So no, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a cool thing. Um, it, it's, I'm not going to say it's not a cool thing. It, it's, I think it's cool. I mean, it's hard for me to feel that. Um, you know, it, it makes me think about how much I wish I would have won one. So I'm jealous, I guess, about those guys in 1945. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but I'm – to be honest, I'm kind of indifferent about it. I'm, I'm a guy, I want to look forward. Um, you know, I want us to win national championships in this playoff style for many, many years to come. I mean, it's saying that we won one in the past is a segue to get better players to where we can then do that, then I'm all for it. But uh, I try to be pragmatic in my approach. I just, I want to win championships now. It's cool to say we won, but, you know, let's go get some new ones. I'm curious. One th- one other thing that Gundy said about his players a couple weeks ago was just talking about how how much more honest he is with them now than he was when he started. He said he used to sort of tell them, you know, you would never tell them that they were good. You'd always say, you know, you're average, even if they were good. And I'm curious how you you as a player were best motivated to to be better at your job. Was it? Was it when people told you you weren't good and you played with a chip on your shoulder, or was it when somebody built you up and and said and, and made you think maybe you were better than you actually were? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was the opposite of that personally, and um, and I learned when I was coaching. Everyone's different. Everyone's motivated differently, and you know th- that's a great question to ask Coach Class about me because any time that someone told me awful things about how I was playing. Wickline told us one time that we were stealing scholarship money from the school because we were playing so bad <laughs> and that, our, you know, and that we were stealing steak and stuff from training table because we didn't deserve, you know, just stuff like that. And, you know, our parents should be embarrassed of us. And I can't believe they came to watch this and stuff like that. Like that makes me go into overdrive where other guys, you need to kind of um, stroke their ego a little bit. And that gives them the confidence to continue playing that way. Um, with him saying that kind of tells me that we've got some more and more talent on the team. You know, you kind of want your quarterbacks and your wide receivers to be the flashy guys that walk with swagger. And you want your offensive linemen to be kind of dark and, you know, hating everybody around them. Everything works better that way. You mentioned Rob Glass, and he's kind of taken on this this mythical status in Stillwater. What is his big secret? Why is he able to 
it seems as if he gets more out of his, his players than most strength coaches do. Which is what's his what's his secret? Um, he's tough, and uh, people respect him. And he, he, he intim- he's intimidating to this day. I think I'm still scared of him. <laughs> and even if I saw him now, he'd smile and greet me. And it's, it's still just I'm on edge when I'm around him <laughs> because of that effect he had. But he's effective. I mean, look what he's done to some of these guys. And we can, there's a huge list of guys we can go down and, and look at their development over the course of their time at Oklahoma State. It's, it's more than impressive. I mean, I, when I saw Crabtree, I was – surprised at how massive he is it's it's ridiculous how big that kid is and it's a, a direct result of him buying in and doing everything that coach class t- tells him to do or use i think the best in the country and i've never met everyone in the country obviously at what he does but he's got to be one of the top five strength and conditioning coaches in the country hands down i'll go to my grave believing that and he did a good job for not only myself, but everyone I played with and everyone that played there after the fact. And he has awesome staff guys around him that take care of, of uh, business, but they're also, you know, strength and conditioning guys are also part of the family too. I mean, we love those guys and outside of the weight room, they're some of the coolest people ever. And a lot of the guys respect them and go to those guys because they're outside of the football organization. Um, so they kind of uh, take a role of mentorship with those guys as well. And then that's a cool dynamic. I did see that uh, Gundy said uh, where uh, Aaron Cochran, he said if he had been in the program for four years, the, the new kid that transferred from Cal, that that he would have the body of a Greek god under under glass. So I don't know if that was a shot at Cal or just a, a, a praise of – of Rob Glass, but um, that dude is a monster. Um, Evan, we talk a lot, obviously, about uniforms. Uh, Chris's University Spirit sponsors our kind of uniform segment on here. We've been we've been posting our top five uh, from last year uh, on the blog recently. Carson and I, Carson put his up on Monday. I put mine up yesterday. Do you have? I guess maybe I won't give. I won't make you give top five, but top two or three uh, uni combination from 2016. Um, I like the icy whites. Yes, are probably my favorite. They were good. That's every year that we do that. I mean, we didn't have chrome stuff when I played. Um, <laughs> that wasn't cool then, or Oregon hadn't done it yet. I, I'm not sure. We didn't have that stuff, but we had all whites. And even back then, we all loved all whites. Yeah. So now it's even better. So I love seeing that. Y'all, um, y'all wore them at Missouri 2011. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. 2011 at Missouri, and then 2012 at OU. Cotton ball um, too. And then they started getting some of the the chrome stuff. So I, I like all whites and all blacks. You can't go wrong with that. I'm with you on the all blacks for sure. But uh, Kyle, yeah, Kyle's a fan of the all white. He lo- he loves Texas deep down in his heart of hearts. So he <laughs> oh yeah, the all well white. that's that's a classic uniform. Texas all whites are one of the classic <laughs> great uniforms. But I think we did a lot better job with our. Well, cool stuff. Penn State, Penn State, all whites is. is get, get out of here. Eh, not for me. I don't, like, I don't like it. Just put put on some just Hanes undershirts <laughs> and just logo logo list stuff. You know, uh, Evan. My favorite helmet is the the all black helmet with the orange brand on it. I don't even know if it exists anymore. So next time you're in Stillwater, could you like infiltrate the equipment staff and just see if it's <laughs> laying around somewhere? I mean, I'll do my best. I think that I've, they've got a picture of me of me up at the equipment room. Like, do not let in <laughs> under any circumstances. 
Well, you cut your hair. You there. you cut your hair. You slim down a little. You might be able to sneak past them, and not, they they might not recognize you now. You don't have the it's long possible. hair anymore. You've you've slimmed it's very down. Possible. You could probably still start on the line for that 1945 team. Those guys were not very big. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. I'll go back in time. Um, okay, well, walk us through Thursday night, Tulsa. Are you going to be at the game? What What is going to be your viewing experience for game one for Oklahoma State this year? Yeah, I think I'm going. Okay. Because um, I, I feel really guilty. I went to quite a few OU games last year. I know. Wow. But I did. So I'm trying to, like, repent. So I'm going to go <laughs> to Tulsa. And um, I'm dragging my girlfriend there, who is an OU graduate. So I'm trying to make up for my, my sins of last year. But uh, we're going to go there. Uh, I'm trying to get tickets. I haven't even started going down the path of figuring out where I'm going to sit or what I'm going to do. But if anyone's got sweet tickets, they want to you know, float me. I'm, I'm sure there are I'm some... no longer under NCAA gift guidelines. You can give me whatever now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are uh, some people that listen to this podcast that would be happy to, uh, to drop you a couple tickets for that. No, well, yeah, we're going to go up there and just, even if we watch it somewhere, I haven't been to Stillwater in a very long time, so I'm kind of excited to go up there. I'll, I'll be up there, Evan. Let's let's meet under the neon palms afterwards. What do you say? Are you, you're inviting me places now? I mean, <laughs> Murphy's needs no invitation. I mean, Murphy's is just there, so. This is true. I don't, I don't have the maybe, keys to the neon palms. Maybe I'll see but... you over there. If you wear a, a wide brim golf hat. I'll know it's you. How great is that hat? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> and he's got I actually wore a regular of, hat. Squad last of guys. He's got a squad of guys that, that adopted it now too. He's yeah, got a poor, following. Poor Evan showed up and like we were all wearing our big bucket hats and he was just like, What 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 is this? It's not what is happening here. Not good. It's hundred degrees. I'm gonna buy one, <laughs> yeah. buy one now. Evan's going to have a big old Nike one next time I see him. I know because Evan had Nike. I will give Evan credit for this. He was Nike'd out. Hat, shirt, shorts, shoes, clubs, all swoosh. He's playing your game, Carson. I, I, I'm I brand, loved it. brand faithful. I loved it. I'm, I'm team swoosh as well, so it was good stuff. I'm going to start calling him Paul Casey. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Almost okay. as good of a golfer. Yeah. Almost. I did beat Evan for the record. That's great. Hard these days. Kyle beat me though, so yeah. he's got bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Evan. Hey, always, always enjoy it, and uh, always appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get you some tickets for the for the TU game. Yeah, let me know if you guys make it up there, or anyone else who listens to this. It's always fun to meet up with people and talk about football and and whatnot. So I appreciate it, fellas. Always fun. Hi, right, bud. Okay. See you, Evan. Thanks. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you guys later. Bye. If you have tickets for him, his Twitter name is at Evan Epstein sixty. Yeah, so I mean, appreciate any just, tickets. We're just uh, connect. We're we're connecting people, building relationships. That's what we're all about. Yeah, just call podcast. us. Call us. You know, pistols firing StubHub podcast. <laughs> Ticket brokering. Just, yeah, we're brokering tickets. No big deal. Okay, I, I want to talk about a few of the things that he said, but let's hear one more time uh, real quick from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. 
They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Um, anything anything stand out from what uh, what Evan said about this season and, and just talking about the program in general? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he touched on something you and I kind of really learned even more about when we were up in Stillwater playing golf with uh, some of the coaches up there is just how good Mike Gundy is at, at delegating nowadays and just kind of the player's coach he's become. I mean, people love working for him. They love playing for him. And I think Evan did a good job illustrating just how far he's, he's come in that, in that way. Yeah, totally. I, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, it, it's funny how I, I mentioned the Holgerson thing, but a, a lot of times in life, like the, these, we make these decisions that we don't, we don't really know what we're getting into. Like, I'm sure that Gundy probably wasn't thinking, Hey, I'm going to hire Dana Holgerson and then it's going to transform the way I view this entire organization. But that sort of seems like what, maybe he was thinking that, but probably not to the extent that it actually happened. And now you've got a program seven years later that is way better because Dana Holgerson was there for 10 months and not because of the offense that he brought necessarily, but just because of the way it changed Gundy. And, uh, so yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a really good point that Evan brought up. Yeah, I don't think Gundy realized how much of a CEO he needed to be, and I think it just it dawned on him once he wasn't calling plays anymore that he's like, oh, I I can do this and this and this, and I can delegate my time elsewhere, and that to me is the biggest that's the biggest moment I think for, for in Gundy's entire career for sure. I don't think it's the rant. <laughs> I think it's hiring Dana and kind of learning how to be the the CEO of an entire program because he was. Super young. People forget he was only like thirty. What thirty five when he took over? Seven, I think. Thirty seven. Yeah, okay. thirty seven. But he had, he had been, you know, an OC and up until that point. So. Yeah. But then uh, I, I'm a little hurt that Evan likes the icy whites. But other than that. Well, I mean, I, they're good. I, you I, I had them in my top. Nah, five. they're 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 okay. They're pretty yeah, good. I mean, I I could be talked out of it. Like, I I had the bowl ones in there for a while, but I couldn't do the the Ed Hardy helmet. Um, I had it in there too, just because you and I both love black, white, orange. But yeah. I couldn't do I couldn't do the um, the Ed Hardy helmet. Yeah, so I just I don't know. I went back and forth. I, I was pretty pleased with how my list turned out. It's pretty similar to yours, but yeah. Um, what else do we need? Oh, one other thing that Evan said that I thought was interesting was just the offensive linemen and their dedication to the program. Because when I think about that 2011 team, I think about a team and players that were just completely locked in to, to the program, to the future of the program, to Gundy, to all of it. And he said that, that at least their unit didn't even like touch what, what this offensive line unit is doing. Now that doesn't mean you're going to be great at blocking and, and pass protecting, but it, it, it is, it does. It's meaningful, I think. And, and, and I thought that that was, I didn't expect to hear him say that. And I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, and I, that that's the one thing that we always talk about, right? With the the 2011 team, just how locked in they were. Like as he said, like we just we knew we were going to win. Yeah. Like, and I I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm getting kind of similar vibes out of Mason Rudolph. Have you heard this guy talk? Yeah, recently, G- Gundy this week? too. Yeah, I mean Mason Rudolph <clears throat> carries himself like he's the number one pick in the draft, and that 
and that he's the best quarterback who's played at OSU and that they're going to win every game. That's kind of how he's carrying himself. Now, will, will all that happen? I don't know. We'll find out. But that's kind of how he's, he's carrying himself a lot like that, that 2011 team is. And I'm sure I'm sure there's reasons for that. I'm sure that offense is, is humming right now coming into the season. So well, it's exciting. Hey, I have break, breaking news for you, too. Yeah. How about this? OSU, according to R.J. Bell, has the fourth best odds to win the national championship. Wait, this can't be. This can't be real. Okay, he has Bama at three to one, USC and Ohio State at eight to one, Florida State at ten to one, and then right there is OSU at eighteen to one, ahead of Penn State, Auburn, LSU, Washington State, Michigan, Clemson, Georgia. I'm weak. My knees like are... four. Like is that fifth best odds? Yeah. One, fifth. two, three, four. Yeah, fifth best odds. My knees are to win weak. the national championship. As as we were just saying, uh, this is unprecedented uh, hype. Yeah. For OSU. It is, and and you know, even more than 2011, it's sort of been building, like because the Whedon thing, like they were great in 2010, but that was it. Like they had one season of of real Whedon, and now they've had two and a quarter seasons of of Rudolph, you know, and, and so it's been building and building and building, and and I think going back to your point about the confidence thing, like that's how they should be acting, you know, and and again, that might go badly, but. You sh- and, and I don't think they had that the last couple of years. I don't think they were as confident, obviously, as they are now. But that's how you should act like you're the number four team in the country. You should act like you're the number one pick in the NFL draft. And I think that's only going to benefit them. I, I really do. Yeah, for sure. Did you see what Chip Brown predicted for the Texas Longhorns this year? <laughs> well, Did well, you see this? Oh yeah. What was your first of all? Tell tell people what it is, and then I want to hear what your favorite part of the prediction is because I've got my own favorite part. Oh, I'm I'm fairly confident we have the same favorite part. But he he is predicting that Tom Herman in his first season at Texas, they're going to go twelve and one, win the Big Twelve, and make the college football playoff. And he has them losing to TCU, so he has them beating o- OU, OSU. And then beating OSU again more handily in the Big 12 title game. Like, like I talked about unprecedented preseason hype. That's unprecedented Kool-Aid drinking. <laughs> I've ever heard it in my life. And my favorite part, I'm sure, is the same as yours. Let me pull it up. Uh, it, it, he goes into the, uh, the grocery list. Uh, he starts giving reasons for why he's predicting this. And... One of the reasons says it's based on strength coach Yancey McKnight and his staff increasing players' back squat by an average of 70 pounds, giving the team strong legs that should translate in the fourth quarter of games. It's also based on 35 of 44 in last year's two deep returning. It's based on the, the closeness Herman and company have created within this group, using everything from basic training mind games to hot breakfast for winners and winter conditioning and runny powdered eggs and, to- and burnt toast to the losers. Did he say anything about the color of their PP? Uh, I'm sure that's on there somewhere, but I don't, I don't think so. But they do have they do have the P chart, and they they're giving quotes about it. So, I mean, look, I think I think Tom Herman knows what he's doing, and I think Texas is going to be better this year. But to predict him to go 12 and one hey, and make the college ball playoff is lunacy. You're you're going to need strong legs to to pick uh, Buchel up off the turf in the fourth quarter when teams are when teams are sacking him. Well, I mean, that, that was my that was my first tweet. Actually, was like, in what world is Garrett is uh, Shane Bouchelle winning twelve games? Yeah, 
I mean, he's like the what fifth best quarterback in the Big Twelve. Might not even be the best quarterback on his own team. He Has might he not even won the starting job yet. He, no, he hasn't. He might not even start. They might be starting a true freshman. So, good luck with your prediction, Chip Brown. Look, and I, I, I get he might be just trying to generate clicks. I don't know, but I mean, just, you lose all credibility when you predict that out of this Texas team. Like, so this was what, what's my, a good what's a good season for Texas this year, Kyle? Making a bowl? Like, uh, seriously? I think nine and three is like a, a a real solid season for them, right? But nine and three, they'll throw a parade <laughs> down downtown Austin if they win nine games. I mean, okay. they haven't won a they haven't have a winning season in the last like three years. I know, I know, I know. They they do have a lot of talent, and so I think they do. Yeah, I mean, who they got stars? They got recruits. I mean, I think your They've argument had that since listen, Mac Brown. Listen, your argument if if you're saying a good season is nine and three is just the regime change and what that means. And 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 if you truly think that the Charlie Strong was bad and that Tom Herman's good, then that's got to be worth something, right? Um, now we don't know though. Like I thought. I thought Charlie Strong would be good too. Yeah. So we don't know if Tom Herman's going to be good. I know. So like, there's but, just but so saying, many variables. I'm saying to predict if, twelve and one, stupid. I'm saying if you're making that argument, that's the argument. Yeah. To make. No, I got you. Um. Anything else we need to uh, to touch on? I feel like there was something else that I'm forgetting. Uh, Do you peruse the blog? Yeah. Your boy Adam Want contributing some stuff. Yeah, he's he's still in the he's still in his war room breaking down tape. Yeah, he said uh, he said he's been breaking down film all summer. He did a, a quarterback depth chart preview. Um, <laughs> he said he's just trying to fill time between Game of Thrones episodes and the occasional EPL game. So he texted me the other day and said that uh, he's running out of podcasts to listen to. He's so bored waiting for football season. So well, he's he's in bad shape. Well, he's he's locked in on some film. He's breaking down Rudolph's footwork. I mean, we're 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 in the weeds here on on PFB. It's good stuff. I, he says I listen to six six or seven podcasts a week to keep me sane. <laughs> so he, he's ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Are yeah. you ready? I'm ready. I'm too. ready. Um, okay, we'll be back next week. Two more of these, hopefully. And be sure to go to go to iTunes, people. Go to iTunes. Um, rate us. Leave a comment. That's always good for us and our sponsors. Um, this is our 151st podcast, Carson. Wow. Unofficially. More more pods than uh, Mike Gundy wins. Yeah. About that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we appreciate Well, yeah, rate, subscribe. Let's get us up to pardon my take status. You know? <laughs> then we'll start breaking fake news. Yeah. Hey, breaking hernia news. You no, know. I, I, seriously, though. like Lifelong hernia. You people, know? <laughs> people have been uh, incredibly supportive uh, in terms of contributions. We're up to, I think, about 210 contributors. Uh, I'd love to get it to 250. Uh, by the start of football season, you can go to the blog and click on contribute and uh, do it for as little as uh, what's our lowest one? Three dollars a month. And, you know, I, I wrote this on the site, but if we get to, I don't know, 650, 700, 750, we can start thinking about having a, a full time writer. That's their only job. That's what they do. They cover the football team and the basketball team full time. So exciting stuff. And uh, we are ready for the season to start. It's almost here, man. I can't wait. And yeah, the blog's blog's ready. It's got contributors. We're ready for the season, man. I can't wait. Yep. We'll talk to you next week, Carson. Sounds good, man. See ya. See ya.